The following podcast contains adult language and themes. Listener discretion is advised. Along with the 24-hour news cycles and the advent of social media, these life-changing events, tragedies, and devastating loss have become part of our daily lives. Meanwhile, our increased media consumption has led to our alarmingly decreased attention spans. These combined lead to short-lived causes like trending hashtags of care, decried support of abusers, and virtual sympathy for victims and hardships. But then, like never before, we quickly move on. In mere days, the thing that brought us all together has faded into the passé, leaving behind only empty thoughts and prayers. And so now I'm joined by a panel who's going to help me unpack this topic, and hopefully you don't stop caring about this anytime soon. This is the Going There podcast. Stop with the doom scrolling and put down your phone. It's time for Going There. Taboo Topics are back on the table. All right, so we are going to jump into this, but before we unpack it, let's introduce our panel, starting with Chelsea. Hi, I'm Chelsea. Um, I am a mom of two, and I'm an independent contractor in real estate. Coincidentally, same thing. My name is Chelsea, too. It's a joke. (laughs) So, hi, I'm Val, Valerie. Uh, I'm a mom of two as well. I do sell real estate. Uh, I have a background in journalism, and I am an immigrant from Ukraine. I came here seven and a half years ago. And I did not mean to, like, your guys' careers and, like, your guys' similarities was not planned. (laughs) I totally forgot. But yeah. basically, if you're looking to buy a house, I'm just saying. 330-692-1652-915. There it is. Uh, I'm Hassan Rogers. Uh, I'm a theater artist, and I'm a writer, and uh, I'm an intellectual. I would. That's how I actually described you. To I said people. that just because I saw that little. I movie. mean, I saw it, that blur. It's, not, it's, it's not untrue. I, I like to think of it more along the lines of a, a, a pure thinker. So I do spend a lot of time contemplating those issues that piss you off. Mm -hmm. Some of you may recognize Hassan's voice. He was on two episodes of our first season. Now you get to see his sexy face that goes along with that sexy caramel voice. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and Hassan, exactly what you said. I mean, the reason that you keep coming back on the show and we want you back every time is because you are somebody who... I think this show was born in the studio with you and I, you in front of the camera, me behind the camera and us just going off and talking about everything. And it was just nice, two dudes from different generations, from different cultural backgrounds, from very different religious backgrounds, who were not having a hard time talking about these deep taboo topics and finding like amazing middle ground. You know, it's funny because that that term uncomfortable truths only happens because we keep these things hidden. Yeah. And we are able to pull the scab off, so. And again, these topics aren't taboo. They're taboo because people want to shy away from them because they're afraid they're going to offend somebody or get canceled. But the reality is most sane adults can have these conversations and find that middle. More of, we have more in common with each other than we do have, you know, the but differences. But also, to Val's point, I think it is also because he has a beautiful voice. It is. Well, I mean, that helps. <laughs> yeah. That helps. Um, so, but going back to that, also, it doesn't only make you... Um, it's not only you can have that conversation as an adult, it also helps you learn about other person. Because the more like, if you like, you can have surface level conversations all day. How are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I had oatmeal for breakfast today. Fantastic. How do you learn about what's inside of like of another person? Like what, what is he breathing, like thinking, living, if you have just like that surface level. Conflict. We've talked about it from the beginning and even in the last episode that COVID put us in isolated situations where we weren't talking to those people. And then when we started having conversations with people outside our bubble, we were like, let's just talk about the weather because we don't know how they feel about COVID. We don't know how they feel about X, Y, or Z. And it's so important. That's where empathy and compassion come from, Mm -hmm. trying to understand our fellow man. (laughs) So, okay. So 
we, we live in this fast-paced world of this nonstop news cycle. And while I think it's really important to be informed and to stay informed, it also creates a lot of problems. And I think one of the big things is it, it creates this nonstop awareness of terrible things happening to the point where even one of the most well-adjusted people can become numb after a while. And it, it makes it harder to care about things, I think. Um, I think to like our generation is 9-11 happened and that stuck with us for a long time. I feel like we did not, move, I feel like in some ways we never moved past it, but two, three years later, it still felt like we were living through 9-11. Nowadays, it's like, what school got shot this week? Let's move on. I hope they didn't you know, mess up my morning commute. How do you guys feel about just that kind of idea of nonstop chaos and the ability of the people around you to give a shit? Well, there is two sides of that, I think. So number one, of course, you have to care and care like about you, you cannot stop thinking about that. You cannot stop like if we're talking about, for example, of situation in Ukraine and the war, like you cannot forget about that and you cannot stop. You, you cannot stop thinking that the war is still happening. So it's like I know it started on 24th of February. I know it's been like uh, seven months and everybody's like, man, it's not happening. Everybody like, no. Like the world is the same, but it's the the purpose of um, of, of of bringing awareness to any topic like that is not for you to stop living your life or like it's just like not it's not to make you miserable. It's for you to be aware. So it's like you need to understand that you need to help and you need to like understand that like the world will slightly be changing also because it's like this will have a, like a very long term effect on many many people in their life and on the situation in the world in general. So, but I do think that people, I think mankind has a hard time between being aware and letting it turn to like apathy. I feel like mm -hmm. you ask the average person, like, isn't it horrible what's going on in Ukraine? I think a lot of people are like, oh, is that still going on? Like, oh, it's not even a big thing anymore. Oh, ouch. Like, again, in my, maybe I'm just in a different uh, environment where in my world, it's like, it's yeah. still like a very big deal. That's, but yeah, th yeah, that's so. exactly why. So we can jump into that. I mean, so you're from Ukraine and obviously yes. when that happened, you were one of the first people who came to my well, mind. Actually, so what happened, it was like, it was 24th in our, in like, in U.S. it was still 23rd because like it was 11 p.m. and I was like my kids were sleeping George was sleeping upstairs I was just downstairs doing some work and my mom came downstairs and she's like Lera somebody like she calls me that's my Ukrainian name say it again so, Lera Lera says so like Valerie like my name is Valeria so it's go like the short name would be Lera yeah so and she's telling me like the worst started. I'm like, what do you mean? Because as you remember, like the whole we've, is like like it's, for we've two known months it's been it was, it was like coming. you know it was like common, and we were all talking like we would never think that it would because it's like again for that guy it's just like he can like in our opinion and in, in any human being's opinion like he cannot gain anything from it. It's just it's more it's most like it's a powerful move to show that I can I and again he expected to take the country in he's, two days. He's playing also. out of the age old despot handbook. He's not he's not doing anything new. He's just I don't know. I'll say it. Putin's a piece of shit. I don't care if anybody yes, disagrees. Thank fuck you. Putin. Thank fuck you. fuck yes. that whole thing. Not fuck Russian people because there's a lot of people who get thrown in jail for dissenting. And that's why when we talk about freedom, it really is important because you're allowed to dissent the government, mm -hmm. but fuck Putin. Anyway. Big time. But yeah, going back to that, and it's just, again, it's like there is, I still have a ton of family there. It was just, it was just like one of the nights when that happened. You cannot, you cannot even, you cannot believe that that's happening. So it's just like, it's not real. It's just absolutely surreal. And then it's, you cannot sleep and you cannot eat and you cannot go out and you cannot do anything that brings you joy because it's just, you feel guilty. And that's a real thing too. That it's like, that's another level of this topic that is like feel, feeling guilty for being safe, yeah. feeling guilty for having food on the table, feeling guilty, like feeling guilty just for, for not experiencing that because it's like okay my friend is like right there like not knowing how to survive under the bomb and not knowing if, she, if she's gonna wake up tomorrow right and i'm here like just you know like enjoying my cup of coffee in my you know like very nice house you know like surrounded by my, kid, by my kids who are not in danger so and, and and to clarify you're not saying that 
people should feel guilty. No, 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 it's no. It's just no, hard no, no, to no, not no. feel guilty. It's like that's another thing. That's like that's a new thing that is again. It's like it's just like because of because of the awareness. Because if you think back in a day when the when things like this were happening, so when we're talking about information, how it's like how we are able to like twenty four seven news, like everything is happening, happening, happening. It's because the world got so small. The world got so small that we know about the shooting like that that is happening here and that shouldn't that happening there and the kid that was um, abducted. <laughs> I'm going. No, no, no. no, no but you're topic. so right. It took like days for that stuff to come out. Where now I'm like, yeah. oh my god, what's happening on Facebook Live? Like you exactly. know, we're watching it as it's, it's actually happening. And you have and you have pictures and you're like, right now it's actually like for us it's very very helpful because it's like I want to have those news that happening. Like I know every minute where the shoot like who died, what happened, what, what was bombed. And stuff like that i see what's happening and it was really important because because you know certain section of our conservative news was already trying to walk back after they first showed that they cared to to try to essentially give russian disinformation well we're actually hearing that uh what russia is doing isn't hurting people or we're actually oh yeah yeah so that's again that's like that's whatever we call propaganda but russian news obviously so uh just just a side note russia is a country that they do not have free media right so all of the media is government in government possession so they technically it's like it's back to soviet union it's like you know 19 like i don't know if you guys read 1984 one of oh yeah yeah so it's like of course so it's like you know big brother is watching you but big brother is literally watching you so it's like it's coming to the point when it's like you cannot you cannot post on social media because you can go to jail for that well who was you it cannot... who started um was it wasn't like yeltsin or somebody who started like a free press thing there and uh, the person was assassinated uh this I... was shortly after the cold war it ended. after the fall after the fall the of the soviet wall. union yeah. after the um... it was one of one of the one, one of the big guys in, in russia was like this is important we need to have some free media but it was never really free. It was never really Again, separate. it's like it was going it's like slowly, 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 but it's like even if like they, they absolutely don't have any free press, like any free media, because even that, even the, the sources that claim themselves free are um, are owned by oligarchs that basically like it's like reports to Putin. So there is like there is no such thing like it, probably YouTube would be the free media, but also you can go to jail. But they're for restricted. That. For oh, hundred percent. Well. Yeah. And, and they're restricted from yeah. any 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 media sources that can be like then can be compromising this truth that Kremlin is like uh, truth. Yeah. Think, yeah. The truth, of course. Yeah. I think one of the things that leads to the um, the detached position, not so much apathy or not caring, but it is detached is that when there's, a, there's, there's an ocean and then a continent between them. So there's an ocean, then there's Europe, then you, you, you're almost in Asia by the time you get to Ukraine. And we're sensitive to what happens first. So in the beginning, you had American uh, politicians saying, oh my gosh, Putin is going to go to war. And then you had some Ukrainian officials mm -hmm. who were stuck between a rock and a hard place well, I want to calm my nation, so they're telling America not to fan the, fan the flames. Well, when you say don't fan the flames, and we're saying, hey, there's a wolf at your door, and you're saying don't fan the flames, and then that wolf bursts into the door, there is a sizable segment of Americans that say, well, we told you so. And you didn't react when we said so. You didn't do what we said do. And... Well, again, there's... Uh, there's that segment. I mean, like, there's 100%. that group of people who actually say, well, okay, uh, when, the, when, he, when, he, when he came into Crimea, if America really cared, we would have done something then. So we didn't do anything during Crimea. Then there's a segment that said, well, we would do something if it was a different president. Well, we've had, we had a presidential change, mm -hmm. and then we still didn't do anything. And then it was, well, we'll do something else if we get a, a reasonable president in. Then we get supposedly a reasonable president in, and then there's, there's been no pressure from our top levels of government as to what we should do. So if the, t if the president says, okay, America, we all need $5 because with these $5 from each one of you, we're gonna give a weapon to everyone in Ukraine. That's the second we'd stop caring. Then, well, then you, well, you'd see action. You'd see action. I don't know that we would. I get so many of those emails every day from Tim Ryan. I'm like, dude, I was really <laughs> well, no, trying no, to volunteer I, for I, you, I but you're pissing I me off. You not, Stop I, I sending me those text messages. You, 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 <laughs> you would get a reaction because one, there's no connect. There's no connect between 
American dollars and resources going to the cause and then there being some definitive answer of here's what the resources did to help. So there's a sizable segment of America that says we don't want another Afghanistan, we don't want another Vietnam, where we're pouring money into a sure. situation where government is unstable and we don't know what it's helping. I, For sure. I mean, but let's take a look at something domestic, right? You were talking about the guilt complex. Mm -hmm. I had a very guilty lunch with Hassan right after George Floyd. And I say guilty, not that because I did anything, but it's like, I don't know how you're still like, keeping your head up and not feeling like shit right now. Um, and there was real guilt there. Because honestly, I could have walked over, flashed a gun in front of a cop probably five minutes later. I would have probably been fine. You know, they might, they might try to talk me down for a few minutes. Um, domestically, I mean, we all, everybody mourned for George Floyd for about five minutes. And then we moved past it. Not the whole country. Ukraine, like Val hasn't moved past Ukraine. No, 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 no. But many Americans have. Sadly, I'm not one of them, but there's a lot of people who stop giving a shit. We think money matters. So you, you, hear, you hear 800 million, then you hear another 200 million, then you hear a number like 1 billion. Well, to the average American, when they hear, oh, we gave you a billion dollars, you know, if you guys that's, can't win. I'm just, yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop you the bar right stool. there because it's like there is a difference between allocation mm -hmm. and giving money. Because oh, it's yeah. like, I'm going to tell you right now. So it's like, not like, I'm going to say right now, first of all, everybody were super, super generous. People were reaching out to me asking, how can we help? So I cannot say, when, when you say about $5, I have no doubt that everybody will take that $5 and give that to stop the war. As I long have as no you doubt. don't bring it up again and don't bother me with it. Uh, I don't know. Like, and if again, it's to it's a like, direct person, I had, I had I mean, great experience. Yeah. No one wants to give to a politician. Beyond generous. So I cannot like I cannot say how grateful I am. But at the same time, again, it's like when we're talking about the government and uh, I have a lot of uh, Ukrainian-American friends because I'm very involved in Ukrainian-American community in Parma, Ohio. We have it's called Zoom. It's Ukrainian uh, youth organization. And there's a lot of like there is a couple people that I know um, that literally the gentleman, it's my friend's father. He, the minute the war started, he stopped his company. He took his wife. He went to Ukraine. He is there till, till today, stopped his life. He started a nonprofit where it's like 100% donated. So he donated his time, his money and everything, just, just helping there. And so far from what I've heard, not to offend anyone, uh, everything that we received, any weapon that received from America was not like a real weapon, but, you know, something that was somewhere in a bag that did not really work. And they just donated that. Not and they did not. Here, right? yeah. Sounds about right. So, and yeah, when we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, the money yeah. that were allocated, I don't feel like we received, like not we, the, the country of Ukraine received any of that yet. So that's like when we're talking about budget allocation, there's a big difference, unfortunately, between allocating the funds and we've, actually oh, we've money seen that. Money. We've seen that. We've seen that forever in our country. I mean, there's a reason Afghanistan. Oh we, yeah, yeah. We had to go to war with them in the first place. Yeah, and then we, we, then we you lived million dollars over. of equipment yeah. there for the terrorists. So it's, it's, Not, that's great, great. A topic that I hope to stop talking about on this podcast at some point is COVID. But of course, we have to talk about it because COVID is the perfect example of it's trending. We care. Five minutes later, why are we still talking about this? You, your whole family essentially got COVID and you still have long hauler syndrome, right? Yeah, I have a, well, now she's four, but she was three. Um, my daughter, Lily, she gave it to everybody in my entire family. <laughs> um, she, we think she got it from daycare, but I think she got it from an outdoor par party. And she gave it to my husband. And when he was out of quarantine, I got it. And I had it for like two weeks, but I was fully vaccinated, Delta variant, like pretty healthy 30-year-old woman, like I should do okay. My mom came over like sobbing, was like, she needs to go to the emergency room. I don't know if she's, I was like unconscious for like 24 to 36 hours. I remember my husband like trying to pick me up to take me to the bathroom and be like, you have to go pee because you're going to piss yourself, like if you don't get out of, off the couch. Um, but still to this day, I had my doctor run blood work and he's like, you're fine. Cause I'm just tired all the time. Like if I don't get like a nap at some point, I can't make it through my day. It doesn't help that I have two 
children that probably like ruined my life. But, um, <laughs> you know, other than that, children are a blessing. Children, I are, love them. I, I mean, am, other like, than I'm they be ruin like, your I life. am obsessed with my kids. I only say that because yeah. I'm sitting next. Well, to can Matt. I ask you a question? And this is to all three of you guys. What what was for you before COVID, and what has changed since COVID? So I will start with COVID's been blessing to our family. COVID's been blessing because for our family, because I have not seen my husband for years, and all of a sudden he's working from home, and my kids have a dad. So that's why there is like obviously not like not the COVID itself as a, as an illness, right? No. But just when the quarantine happened, and it's like, and it was a happy place for all of us to spend time together and take walks in the middle of the day, and it's like, and my and I exaggerate, I'm exaggerating. Obviously, my husband's gonna no hear working this from home. Like, She's now. throwing her kids under the bus. You're throwing yeah. your husband under the bus. No, no, is fantastic. He, he's fantastic, Dad. Being that's a mom's the thing. awesome. So he's, He's fantastic dad and he's been just he's been working and he's the, he's the supporter he's the yeah. he's the breadwinner for our family but on top of that Hassan, I so, want to answer your question these guys have been positive about it I'm going to be negative Oh god I want to say it I'm sure we're going to have the same oh, answer Oh no, actually probably not go ahead I was going to say it changes the way I think of people Yeah I actually, feel that's like not I off. feel like I look at people and I'm like you got mad at me for being nine months pregnant and not wanting to go to your party, even though like I was unvaccinated because the vaccine wasn't out yes, and you yes, acted yes. like I was being so selfish by trying to protect myself. And here then I got it like nine months later, fully vaccinated, still had to call my doctor, be like, you need to be on watch. And it's like, holy shit, good thing I was worried about it. I probably would have died. I was fully vaccinated at that point. So I'm like, everyone's selfish when it's convenient for them. Everyone thinks like COVID's convenient when they're like, oh, you know what? Let's be scared. But wait, now this party's about me. So Chelsea, if you're not there, I'm going to be really sour. Like, how is that fair? So COVID starts and there's like that one month where we're all like, we're in this together. People are like cheering on the doctors downtown New York City. And then like a week later, people are like, I mean, who gives a shit? Then they... It's all old people dying. Yeah, it's all old people dying. Or, you know, there's a political agenda behind COVID. Or, you know, it's just horseshit. And the thing is, it showed a real lack of empathy and understanding. And it plays into this topic. Like, people would get it and they would send, of course, we had to say it, thoughts and prayers. Our thoughts and prayers for Ukraine. Our thoughts and prayers for your grandma dying. But it's the lack of, like, understanding and and I don't think it was directly COVID. I think it was COVID was the catalyst for it. And and that's what it's done. It's it's I've been working back up towards rebuilding my faith in humanity. I do believe that the average person don't. is good, is good and that we have things in common. But I do think that people have become far too comfortable being extremely selfish and unempathetic. The thing that makes me so upset about this time in, in our world is uh, it's taken away my ability to hope and have hope and optimism about humanity in general. I'm not saying I don't have any, but... Hey, come on. But why is it... It's like, I I agree and I understand. But also, it's like, why do you care if they care? You know, it's Well, because like, they were putting us be, at risk. Well, like, well no, no, that's a different story. We're so it's like, on why the do you, like, you understand that person that person is unreasonable. When somebody's telling you, oh, yeah, you're not going to come to my party, it's, I'm sour, you like you look at them like, well, you're unreasonable. It's not going to change. Like, it's, it should not make me feel bad or it should not, I should not like. It's not I'm about like, making me feel bad. Yeah. No, I so, wish you could come around and ha- hang out with everyone I do because I get attacked all the time and I'm mm-hmm. pretty loud. So, like, I'm going to need you to follow me around and start telling everyone I don't care because I have a very loud family that, like, have almost written me off over not going to a party that I didn't feel comfortable being pregnant, unvaccinated. And it's like, if it was a party for them, though, I better be willing to risk my life and go there or now they're pissed. Even though they were pissed two months earlier if they had to go to the same situation, everyone wanted like whatever was convenient but for them. But it's like it's human nature. So come on, it's like this is the basic survival. So it's human nature. You have to be selfish at times. You have to be like you have to think of yourself first. It's like it's like you have to put the mask on you before before you put it on your child because yeah. you need to think of your survival. There's, there, so it's there's like a lot of people who are putting the mask on themselves and going, fuck it, kid, you're on your own. <laughs> well, it's, it's that's a whole different story. But because because. 
if we're all just looking out for number one, there is no future. There is no planet. If people don't give a shit about the climate, there's no planet. If people, if people don't give a shit about our children, which is happening a lot, mm-hmm. then it affects all of us. If people aren't doing something to curb gun violence, especially in schools, oh yeah, that's, that that's, affects that's everybody that here. Yeah. And so how does it feel when you hear thoughts and prayers? School just got shut up. Thoughts and prayers. Let's do something about it. No, no, no. We don't need to do anything about it. So why do you think, again, so uh, obviously, you know, that in most of the countries, that's that's an uncommon thing. So it's like it's only don't seems have to. Exactly. So it's only happening in the United States. So why are we doing something about that? And you have in your constitution, obviously, that you have a right right to, to, to carry a weapon. Um, it is again, but I'm not saying that it's like constitution is like, uh, 18, what, 76, 1790. Oh, look at me. So Whoa. 1796. So it's like, again, it's, it's kind of outdated. So it's like, it, I totally understand that. And there should be like much more serious screening and you cannot, you cannot go to Walmart and buy a gun. Well, Bottom you line, could for you cannot like you can that that can that like should not that be possible. Be? That should not Thank be possible. You. But see, so I'm, let me, should... let me, hold on. Let me speak yes. this now. From a from a from someone who has who comes from the marginalized population of America, who has seen the government, government officials, the very people who are supposed to protect you with their foot on your neck, I don't think you can own enough weaponry. When you are black and you've seen people come through your neighborhood and do what they want to do, do what they want to do to your father, drag them out of their houses, hang them, beat them, you can't have there was a reason why they didn't want blacks in World War II because they didn't want to arm the black man. The problem is I don't so think you guys much. are buying enough guns well, that's then we might see yeah, some changes. Yeah, it's not helping. <laughs> well, no, no, Somehow no. it's all these 18-year-old white kids well, well, walking no, what, in with what assault I'm saying rifles. Is that, like, when we speak to, okay, this nation, well, you know, that's one of the things that made this nation possible is its armament. If the, if the, if the guy in Tennessee who shoots squirrels doesn't have a rifle, and says, well, I can hit that captain on that horse from here. Well, if the general says, well, we don't do that because we stand in front of each other and we just shoot each other. Well, if we don't change that approach, then this country doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. So guns have been such an integral part of this country. It's gonna be, it's like taking your right foot off and telling your left foot, you'll still have balance. So. I'm not sitting here saying, let's get rid of guns, by the way. No one's, I don't think any. You know, here it is, it is a question. See, then you get with a conspiracy theorist. You get to say, well, how how do all these guns make their way to the most impoverished areas? Because if you and I wanted to go buy a a pistol right now, it's going to cost us $500, $600. How does a 14 year old get exactly so it's like how you cannot uh you cannot rent a car until you're 25 but somehow you can you have a gun so it's like see that's a big point why can these kids walk out at 18 and get a gun the next day what 18 year old needs a gun the next fucking day no one if you can't sit on a gun for a, a month or two you're in so much deep shit we don't even need to touch that like no one should get a gun the next day you know what we need to have people you know when i got a foster dog I'd have people come through my house, make sure I wasn't a hoarder. That's for a dog. They let me walk out of the hospital with a baby with no question asked. Why are they handing people assault rifles and saying, no questions asked, after you kill 30 people, then we'll come at you? Why? I do find it odd that you can get the assault rifle at uh, 18 years old. That is odd. That's a legislative issue. But in the same token, in the same token, I, of all the entities that should be the arbiter of what what's going to be allowed i don't want the u.s government to be that i don't want them to i don't want them all of a sudden to start saying okay well you can have a weapon because you've never had a fight you don't smoke marijuana and you're okay but you because you fought and you smoke marijuana you can't have a weapon see that kind of stuff would happen and then you'd end up with those who look like me you're guaranteed you won't be able to have a weapon no, but those no. who look like you will be Makes and sense. See, in this country, we, 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 as crazy as it sounds, it's almost like with the Cold War. It's this. You got, you got five machine guns. I got to have, you know, six machine guns. So, Hassan, uh, I feel like that's very important here because I, I, maybe this is going to sound ridiculous, but I've never even thought of it that way. I mean, to be honest, because as a white female, I know that a large portion of all the mass shootings are 18-year-old white men. They're white males, typically. I, 
want to be like, I am married to a white husband, I have a white son, get pissed at him. Like, they're always the culprit. Like, that never happens in any other minority. This episode, Evan Cromit steps into the musician spotlight. He's a singer-songwriter born and based in New York City. He's committed to producing new tracks in his bedroom studio, sidestepping the genre police, and officiating the marriage between music that's sincere and music that slaps. Evan's got some great TikTok videos and covers as well. You can check out everything at evancromit.com. All I've ever wanted is to be around you, darling. Think about it, who can make you smile? Like a safe room when you need that hush, like soundproof. Come through and let your mind go quiet. All I've ever wanted is to get to know you, darling. Think about it, who can get you right? I want to I want to make sure I make a point here because we can we could talk about gun violence all day long. The fact is, we all say we care, but we're spending time even at this table spinning our wheels talking about legislation. When the fact is, no one's doing anything about it really. They finally signed a bill, but it was like we feel so bad that this happened. Our hearts go out to all the people in Uvalde. Well, what can we do about it? But well, what we, can you do? This, you this, can do so much about it. Anything. But, but the thing is, these conversations aren't no, happening. No, no, no. What, what we can do. So it's like what... Except, That's so true. there is a family. So me and you, there is a family who is suffering in Texas somewhere. They suffer in a huge loss that they probably will not yeah. be able to overcome. What can... Like, do you have words to say? Can you go... Like, to me, I feel like anything you would say, you did not went through, you did not go through that. Your words are worthless. So it's like almost like the thoughts of prayers became this this thing you say and just to comfort someone because that's the most like you. There is no words. You cannot find words sure. to say and, and express. I, and I have no problem with anyone saying my heart goes out to your yeah. thoughts and prayers. I have a big caring. problem when someone says thoughts and prayers and then turns around and fucks you in the ass. <laughs> I have a big problem with that. And that's what it happens basi- often too. <laughs> <laughs> Every Thursday evening. Um, according to NPR, in May at the time of Uvalde, there were l- roughly one school shootings every week in 2022 in the U.S. One I don't want to send my kids to school week. like that. According to the Washington Post, as of the 4th of July weekend, when there was mm-hmm. obviously a couple more shootings, there were over 300 mass shootings. And now some of the data on that, because people try to say, what's well, a mass shooting? Yeah, that's not. I was going to bring that. Yeah. But there are like aside, four shot, only three dead. So we're like on so the So people verge. say thoughts and prayers. What you can do is vote. I will vote out any single person who does nothing about it. I'm not saying anyone has the answer, but I am tired of people having no answers or saying there's nothing we can possibly do. There's so much you can fucking do. And you know what? Maybe collaborate with people across the aisle. Maybe talk to your neighbor and ask goddamn questions. It takes catastrophic things to happen, and it takes big movement. One thing that George Floyd's death did do was... Bring awareness to that. And the whole country and the world Mm -hmm. came out for that. The world. Now you see police officers being charged, whereas before they were never charged. It was almost laughable. And then, so you, you, you see that something happened as a result of the death. So if the tragedy happens, but there's a movement to, okay, well, let's do something. Let's start a PTA movement, but then you go back to sense and sensibilities. I can't not, Lyra. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. He's <laughs> been I holding that not, one in for a while. He's such a jerk. <laughs> He's been practicing it in his head. I, uh, I can't now say it's sexy. Saying, <laughs> add a little, for saying, add a little frill uh, I don't there. want... Um, armed guards at my school in my neighborhood. But then there's another mom who says, I would feel comfortable Mm -hmm. if those armed guards were reservists. So maybe you don't want Matt and Hassan at the school, but would you feel comfortable? Probably not. Yeah. But I work with children, so it's interesting. Uh, 
would you feel comfortable with reservists there? So then we get in it, we go back to our constitution, we go back to our laws in this country that, well, we, we don't want to put the military in our communities. You know, we don't want to have that. We, we've seen that in other countries throughout history. So now, but I think those are some solutions. They're not easy solutions. So I just think but about- I would like to see armed, I would, I would like each school to have armed guards at every entrance, at every entrance, I would. I would like to see that. So I think about Yulvade though, and there were how many police officers there, and it took hours. Kids were screaming, and it's like I think about those. Well, he dads wasn't a us. black shooter. See, all you have to do is here's how. Let me get this. Is how you get it done? If it's an if it's a mass shooting, say there's a black guy shooting people, and he's in room one seventeen. He would have never even got the guns loaded. Exactly. See, honestly, That's so true. Honestly, so. You know, that's tragic. That's actually that's probably tragic. the best piece of advice you can ever give anybody, which is really that's sad. Fucking because sad. you know, here the guy is, he's in there, and they're calling him a gentleman. They're you know they're saying, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make it through this. See, um, Israel, I like their approach. In the seventies, after the Munich Olympics, <clears throat> in in nineteen seventy two, uh, the PLO grabbed the Israeli wrestling team, murdered them, slaughtered as many of them as they could. And they had some hostage. It was a standoff. Well, the the hostage keeper, the hostage takers, end up getting shot to death. I remember being a little boy, seeing this body just riddled with bullets on a rooftop. Well, after that, Israel made a statement to their country and to all countrymen: If you are held hostage, we are killing everybody there. We're going to show the people who take us hostage we do not negotiate with terrorists. So you will die for your country. See, we don't like that. We don't like. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear if there if a guy comes in this room, you got to kill everybody to kill that guy. Well, I don't want to do Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It, so that right, was, people won't wear masks. You think exactly? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. 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 Tell a man you cannot have a gun. Hey, what the gun? Yeah. Think about that. We saw in this. We go back to race, race in this country. We can never get away from race in this country because the race in this country is at its founding. Yeah, this country so, was founded yeah, we can't on get racism. Away from it. Yeah. So when you see a group of armed white guys march into the Michigan State Capitol and everyone's okay with it. They're patriots. Yeah, they're, it's like those guys. Uh, so you have people saying they have a right to do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 they do. But are you okay with it? And would you be okay if that was Darnell and Raekwon? And see, when, when everyone has to be not afraid of, of, you can't be afraid of me without me giving you reason to be afraid of me. So as long as you're afraid of me, just because I'm black and I'm big and I'm, you know, it looks like I can handle myself if I, if I feel like it, you shouldn't be afraid just because I'm black. Be afraid because I did something that makes you afraid. Well, you were wearing a hoodie. I had a hoodie. Well, I was, I, you know, had, and, I, and I was drinking Sprite too, yeah. you know. And the Sprite looked <laughs> like a gun. Yeah. So, so we, we as a people, uh, we have to be outraged. Matt, Matt is a guy who doesn't talk that much on social media. During George, uh, during George Floyd's situation, you know, he's 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 attacking white people left and right. Well, was what, I really attacking white people? You, you were. You were. I just went to dinner with you and you attacked heart. the attacking white waiter heart. about. Uh, being but what white. that did is it, <laughs> it showed other people that no, I'm not okay with it. I'm so not like, okay with racist people mm -hmm. who happen to be white. So we need people. We need that. We need more of us. Like we need women to not be okay with men passing laws that govern your body. Oh, we come on. Like, I couldn't be more vocal. I can explode right now because that's ridiculous. Be, we need you to be rabid. We need you to be enraged. All right. I want to say something because this whole thing is supposed to be about thoughts and prayers and like how things get turned over too quickly. So I obviously freaked out about Roe versus Wade. I don't like anyone telling me anything to do with my, with my body, let alone the fact that I'm at like the prime age group for like my friends getting pregnant and like shit that could happen. So after that happened, I had like a party bus come pick up like 30 of us, take us to a um, women's rights rally. I had tons of these people. My husband does promotional products. So we ordered these um, women's rights flags and they say, Women's rights are human rights. Pretty basic, right? Like not offensive. I'm like, okay, I don't want to go out guns blazing and be like, you know, I love abortion. 
obviously no one loves abortion, but that's what everyone thinks. So I had all these people super passionate, like, oh my gosh, I have so many orders for you. Everyone's, it took a month for these flags to come in. And I felt like people actually got bored with the topic. Like they were like, oh, my rights got taken away a month ago. This really, like, why are we still talking about this? This stopped trending on TikTok. Who gives a shit? Yeah. It was like, ooh, this is no I longer know, that's interesting. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. People, we, we, we do. We have short attention spans, but we now have short attention spans on the things that we care about. So I feel like I was banging the George Floyd drum long after a lot of people who, even white people who were really adamant about it, were like, oh, but that, that was last month. It, it's like some guy going, oh, my God, did you guys see the grand finale of Breaking Bad? And you're like, dude, that was like six years ago. Who gives a shit anymore? It's like, well, I just watched it, so it's important to me. We, It's like we think, well, time has passed. I think some of it, Hassan, you were aiming towards it earlier. Some of it is survival. If we let everything affect us every day and to the point where we can't eat, we can't yeah. feel good about ourselves – isn't there a nice middle ground where we can still give a shit and survive and not be depressed and just like hopeless? But don't we have like the most depressed, uh, like aren't we all, aren't we the most depressed generation? Everybody, people yes. living here, like yes. living I would on never earth right now. I like to consider myself in the same generation as Matt. So let's say that people living today, despite yeah. of generation they are, we're the most depressed <laughs> Like, this moment in time yes, on Earth, we are the yes, most depressed, like depressed of, like, group of people for this, obvious reasons. This information affects you. It's constant. Like it's drop by drop. George Floyd's death, war in Ukraine. I cannot get an abortion. Nobody cares about me. I can I can die from COVID, and my family doesn't care. Like this, all it leaves the impact on your brain and your nervous system. And we know that the nervous cells are the the like. They just basically re like barely regenerate, so that's why you're losing that, and then and then you're like on your like little I don't know what's Xanax, whatever people take. I was gonna say how many antidepressants is legal to give someone because I'm gonna need to know that number. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm taking antidepressants by the way. Yeah, yeah. So this who is the isn't? face. Hi, I this don't is the face know of one female friend of mine yeah. that is not on an antidepressant. Yep. Or yep. they're lying to me. So this. Kind of goes back to my point where you asked me, why do I care? I care because I give a shit about my fellow man. I am no, sad. I, did not, I disagree. I did not say, why do you care? No, I never said that. Why does it matter to you <laughs> how other people think? No, I said, it matters to me how I think the general public thinks and the people in my circle. I talked about it in our first episode of the podcast. I've lost a lot of friends and family over just basic common sense. And where people don't even want to hear what you have to say anymore. They'll gaslight you before you get two words out of your mouth. One of the things that, you know, was, was a pivotal point in my, my immediate family's time is when Lindsay and I had a miscarriage. My wife and I had a miscarriage. And the reaction to it couldn't have been less uh, compassionate. It was very much like, oh, that sucks. And thoughts and prayers. and when we talked about it at a later time where they wanted to have a FaceTime call. And I was like, Lindsay's like, this just happened a couple of weeks ago. Lindsay's still having a rough time. I don't think she wants to do a FaceTime call with the kids and stuff. Like she's reeling from it. And it was like, fuck you guys. You're still whining about that. That was kind of the reaction that we got. And, and I don't have I'm to worry because none of my family listens to this fucking show. <laughs> so, they don't like perfect. you anymore. <laughs> they don't talk to me. But you've um, gained a brother in me. You've gained a brother in me. Aww. I mean, no, yeah, but you were my family. That's, really that's cute. right. That's right. But um, it it hurts my heart to see people at their worst and doing it with such angry, vitriol, hate, and narcissism. It bothers me. It bothers me because I wonder where, how do we possibly recover from this? So much so that a big part of the reason why Lindsay and I decided not to have children is because we're so worried about what the future of humanity looks like if this is how we trend. 
Okay, I'm gonna take it in a very esoterical like <laughs> route right now because there is a theory that um, you know that in next 50 years there will be the new generation of people. So it's like again, new generation of people doesn't mean that it's like uh, it's like we're gonna regenerate into something different, into a different form. We have to evolve, but, otherwise we're fucked. But it is like so. It's like many many different like old transcripts and stuff like that that says that it's like that will be the new like I'm not telling that we're gonna die like die off like dinosaurs or anything like that so it's like I think we're gonna, gonna happen. I think we're gonna have to but, move off planet um, and become something different almost it's probably gonna be like um, I don't know my my intake on that so maybe you know like for example autistic people how they think differently and they like and they like evolve differently and they're just like different in many ways so maybe and you know that every year we have more and more and more and more autistic kids and we like blame it on environment and we blame it on this and on this and on that but it might be also like the different way of you know you like, think it's an evolutionary adaptation yes like yes. they're the actual x-men yes we thought the x-men were going to have different powers and it's yeah and you would think like those kids have different powers you know like for sure they, yeah. the world got smaller but we're also much much more isolated that we ever we've isolated were. ourselves we were mm -hmm. isolated for months in a very but like we were still all connected and again we all were on the same page for like a week at a time when when these major events happen but then we quickly go back to like our this is me. I got to take care of me. I got to take care of me. Fuck you. You're different than me. Get out of my yeah. way. Yeah. But we, but we generationally, like, generations isolate themselves. So it's like the way, like, we're obviously not going about, like, raising kids in caves with, you know, like, in a very, very big community. But also, like, the family is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. hundred years ago, people would live with their parents. Then that died off. So now you have, like, smaller, smaller, yeah. smaller amount of people living by themselves. It's idiocracy, and right? Also, I mean, that's exactly what happens go movie. to work anymore you don't yeah. you stay at home you can do everything you want from the computer you avoid going to the store you avoid going to the party because you don't feel like it because it's like netflix and like and pizza sounds much much better i thought you were gonna than, say netflix and chill. chill i know yeah, I'm, I'm netflix and pizza i think might be the new thing yeah, i just so it's like you know like eating dinner in front you of can't TV chill as long as like roe v wade's with your dog sounds much more interesting and much more exciting than going to a party and talking to people that you might not like agree with or anything like that i think so i like, think yes in a in a, in a way that has nothing to do with the empathy part we have isolated ourselves and each generation i feel like starting with the boomers each one that comes after has become less socially adept where they'll like talk to each other and and you know like I'm an extrovert who sometimes now gets social anxiety that I didn't have before. But I think because I fit in everywhere before and now it's like, well. Do you think you're an extrovert? You don't think I'm an extrovert? Mm -mm. Really? <laughs> Said no one ever. No. And but extra, how do you, don't you need to, after you, for example, uh, talk to people and stuff like that, does that fulfill you? Yes. Okay. No, no, that isn't yeah. Yeah. no but the older I get, the more I become an ambivert. The more mm -hmm. introverted I become. I think because of situations like this, because Matt used to be all American, you know, Homelander, get along with everybody. <laughs> and then people were like, oh, this dude wears a cape, fuck him. And then I'm like, okay, I don't feel safe around that crowd anymore. <laughs> and unfortunately I've, I have alienated my, some of my own people because, you know, it's like, oh, Matt cares about racial equality, fuck him. Um, and some of that's geographic and, and, and just the place and time of where we're at in politics and everything else. But, I mean, I was raised to believe in integrity and truth, and that's why I stand behind. They didn't think it was going to move me a certain way, but I still consider myself very middle of the road. I think the world has shifted to the extremes, but most of us live in the middle, either left of center, right of center. Most of us live there. It's the crazies who get us to think that they're the majority, and I say this all the time, but the, the reality is we do. So in saying that, what would each of you like to see as far as people showing that they care and making it more than just meaningless words with Ukraine? You've already seen some of it. What would you like to see people continue to do as far as the awareness and the showing that they give a shit about people outside of their own neighborhood? Well, I'm going to say uh, one more thing. So, by the way, I noticed uh, when this everything happened, I started collecting money. So the first time I... And not to give to anyone, just a pocket. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I got <laughs> this outfit is brought yeah, to you by the Ukrainian <laughs> fund. Yeah. It's a joke. So, whatever. So I started collecting money and I didn't start collecting money because I like... I, 
people started reaching out to me saying like, okay, how can we help? And I started collecting money. And then it's like, we did like, again, it was very, very big impact because there was, there was real people whom we really saved. So there was a family who freaking like left Mariupol and you know that that territory took the biggest hit and they did not die thanks to the money that were donated. Yeah. So that's like, that's, that's a quick impact and it's right there. And I was saying the same thing that I wanted to, because it's like, when this happens, it's like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Like, I cannot do anything. So it's like you do a small thing, think like, okay, at least like it makes you feel a little bit better because at least like this happened. And I didn't feel like as as awful as I did today because it's like I know one person got saved. So but that's and that's what I think a lot of to not to not to justify some of the inaction, but I think that's what a lot of people feel. And I understand the exhaustion and the overwhelming feelings when these horrible things happen. But I think so many people think, well, what can I possibly do so they do nothing? But sending you money and words of support were huge. When you sent an email to me that said, thank you to everybody who helped and, and here's what we did. I was like, holy shit. But I still felt like, thank God for Val. Everybody were like, oh my God, this is awesome. Awesome. So I like, I waited a few weeks and I posted and there was barely any response because nobody cared anymore. And I'm like, but we still did this. I'm like, but look, look, we saved this people. We did this. And everybody like, like, you know, like I got three thumbs up because before it, like everybody were raving about this. This is amazing. Let's do more. Let's do more. This is cool. And then it's like, okay, good, good. It's like, it was like an old news. And I Isn't was like, sad? and I was like, oh, but we did this. Come on. It was great. You know, you, but, I mean, I, so I think it was really smart to strike while the iron was hot. Give us the money now. I, I take it from a different perspective because I don't feel like anybody have to do anything. I don't expect anyone to do anything. And the fact that I did not even have to ask. People just get like, you donated. Like, I didn't have to ask. You're just like, oh, yeah. Just, like, you just well, did Well, I it. felt really bad. I, I want to share this. I felt really bad. That's not why I donated. And that's not why you did what you did. The guilt is only a small part of it. Yeah. I felt bad because... When I first met Val, I would joke with her about, you know, in Mother Russia, dr vodka drinks oh, you, yeah. you know. And I she hit always him. I hit him multiple Russian. times and I'm <laughs> still a little offended. Yeah. Why and does then, that not surprise anyone here? <laughs> yeah. So then yeah. she's like, and you're an extrovert? <laughs> uh, no, it's just like, no, it's like we. But then when that happened, I was like, I feel bad even making those jokes now because yeah. it's just not funny anymore because Putin's a fucking asshole. And. You know, but yeah, there is a I big mean, difference. But it's I just... wanted to show that I cared more than saying thoughts and prayers. Well, and I appreciate it. And again, and there are a lot of people who did. So that's why, like, I even feel bad saying that it's like, oh, you guys don't care because people freaking do. So that's like, that's like, that's how we should probably like even change that topic and saying because people freaking did. People did care. People donated. People like people whom I did not speak for years called me like, are you okay? How is your family? How can we help? And they still because they that. saw it on a personal level. And I think I that's how we get people together. I have one more question. Um, I was talking to one of the producers of the show earlier before we started taping. And one of the things that came to my mind about this show was, has the last three or four years, have they strengthened your belief system? Have they challenged your belief system? Uh, do you find yourself even more spiritual than you were before? Are you less inclined uh, to think about divinity and things like that? Mm -hmm. uh, how, how did it affect you in that regard? These, uh, not just COVID, but from Trump on. That, that's, Trump that's, on. that's a great question because it, and I, I don't know if that person teed you up with that or if you teed that up because uh, huge existential crisis. Because I kept asking, can things get any worse? And like, where is God? Where's this fire and brimstone God that we kept reading about? I got, I got real dark for a minute, and I was like, I don't think I can believe in God. If God can't show up and do this shit now, what's he there for? I think it redefined it in the long term. It definitely didn't strengthen it. It, it made me question everything I've ever thought I believed. Um, because let's be honest, we've seen humanity at its worst in, in some ways. We've seen some of the ugliest parts of mankind. So I feel like that's a way more positive outlook than I'll probably have. Um, that was positive. 
<laughs> Probably. Which She's is like, well, I started sadder. worshiping the devil uh, and no, I sacrificed I just, seven uh, I mean, virgins I, this week. I just think people use religion to justify horrible things. Sure. And I can't get behind that. So it's actually turned me the total opposite way where I'm like, I would rather live every single day of my life and think this is my last day on earth. How would I want my fellow man, my husband, my kids, my parents to like think back on me? And I want them to remember me as like a good person who didn't worry about whether Jesus said gay people are bad or like whatever messed up things they can read in the Bible. I don't give a shit. I just want to be a good person today. That's my job. I don't care about religion anymore. I'm out. I was raised, yeah, raised Catholic. I what, can't. what you just described, though, is spirituality. Like being a good person is the core of all of it. Like if anything, I think it, it made you feel better. No, seriously. Like, <laughs> you don't have to give it a name. You don't have to call it by any certain thing. But everything you just talked about is the core of like most religions. Be a good person despite how shitty the people around you are. And despite how shitty the circumstance may be. Yeah. Uh, one, one thing for me, it, um, being born into, you know, one religion, when, like when you're born into a religion that your parents practice, like that's all that exists mm -hmm. until you realize that there are other things mm -hmm. that exist. Uh, for me, exploring religions uh, and then pushing them aside strengthened my own spirituality. Uh, and particularly in these last three or four years, uh, I, I'm kinda, I come from the opposite end on this one in that because I've seen things be so fucked up but still see people do amazing good things in like the most fucked up times. It helps me to know that there's always going to be a, a balance and counterbalance. So, so then the question that I have is, is it context of how you were raised and what you see? You were raised in a much, we were raised in a very white Midwestern sheltered thing. And so seeing the world go to hell, we see what we think is terrible. You being raised in a way where you're around oppression and some of the shit that we were sheltered from, we didn't even know racism still existed. And see, I, I, see, uh, I see a brighter situation. I, I see children who are, who are 15 and 25 years old. Who give a shit. Who give a shit and, and who don't see uh, race as the final division. You know, who, who don't or even consider- Or sexuality or gender, yeah, don't, yeah, they, they, don't, they don't even see those things. And uh, well, that, that gives me hope. That gives me hope. One, because, you know, it's that little mind of what's possible that we carry with us that make us great as adults because we don't lose what's possible. Hassan, you give me hope. Oh my God, uh, yes. you're- she wants touching. your autograph. I love yeah, it. I do. So, like so, so, on my chest. Hassan. <laughs> I'll pause. I'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you like to see happen? You know, I, um, I would like to see more, more of what we are. Just don't think, you're, don't think of yourself as a cocoon. Don't think of yourself as finite. Uh, those things that, that overwhelm us, particularly let's talk about social media, it's also an amazing tool that makes it possible for us to reach out to people in Crimea, to reach out mm -hmm. to people in Calcutta. Oh, well, to not going to happen in Crimea. Well, not there now. <laughs> I'm saying beyond there, say Hong Kong, beyond, yeah. you know, around the borders are, are no longer there to separate us. So we're pre social a, media, we would have had. No Nothing to no do way. with Ukraine at all. We would have not been able to do anything. So I'm encouraged by that, though. I'm encouraged by the fact that there's we're we live in a borderless world now. We live yeah. in a borderless world. Hundred percent. And not only it it brings the awareness. Just think that also not having the social media, not having that information, also uh, gives you gives the control to the government over what you know sure. and what you see and what your perception of situation is. Like in Russia, for example, right now. So that's a blessing for us. That's why that's why there is so much di diversity in opinion. When you, for example, like you you can feel like this about many many things. Somebody like that's why we're here. Even when we have you can, we can have this freaking discussion. So that's that is happening because it's like we the, the information can give you so much power that as long as you like again as long going as back to actual information too. exactly but again you, you also like you, you have your own brain to screen that to screen what's coming you know coming your way upcoming and more... we'll get back in the media literacy once again in the future <laughs> episode 
You're right. The problem is some people have a hard time deciphering. Uh, Chelsea, what would you like to see happen? I would like people to vote. I know so many people who tell me they're upset about certain social issues, yet they do absolutely nothing or they disregard it or they won't change their platform based off what's happening, which to me is a something that's directly affecting them. And I think people need to be willing to cross party lines if it's necessary. And I have never been someone who's not afraid to cross party lines. So it scares me that people are so far staying on one side that they'll let anything happen before they'll decide to vote yeah. some other direction. We could talk about that. That'll be a whole other situation. I mean, our system is very broken in that sense uh, where we are so divided, where even I the people we elect. To, I can compare to some systems and your system works just fine compared to some other systems. <laughs> so sure? understand that you have <laughs> issues. But again, it's like America has a very strong still like, come on, we come like you get to vote. You get to vote and your vote might be even like counted. Because there is yeah. some people who don't have a vote. Yeah. And you it's like, again, still, you guys sometimes. It's still a pretty is, fuck. They are kind of working on that, though. They're yeah. trying to take that away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. But still, you, ha you, ha you had that and you have that opportunity. And going back, for example, to Hassan's question, I have a totally different perspective. You guys were talking about being in a happy bubble and then, boom, the world was exposed to you. I feel the opposite. I feel like the world was exposed to me immediately. And right now I see more because I don't expect anything of people. I don't expect it to be good to me. I don't expect you to be nice to me i don't expect you to be kind to me or think about me but that's that's when people do i'm like you guys are amazing thank you because it's like that's like that puts you and hassan in a similar boat is and you and i were talking about this beforehand off camera and that is what i was getting at is not all of them i'm not talking the individuals but the group of white straight males under 40 not being a protected class is because we have been shielded from all this since like the beginning of time the awareness of it the repercussions of it where if a white man has a gun it takes the cops you know 30 minutes of talking to him to get him to go down and be quiet black man has a gun he's shot before he gets a word out of his mouth to tell him it's a candy bar mm -hmm. what you have gone through don't discredit that is it is, I mean, it kind of is a good thing. Our worlds have been turned upside down. Yours have, in some ways, become more hopeful because we finally see what you guys went through. Exactly. So but it's that's like, you important. Know, somebody who is like right now is like, oh, yeah, like there is no hope for humanity, blah, blah, blah. There is freaking hope for humanity. There well, is good. More we hope. just have our there eyes open more, now. It, We're not happy about it. There is more hope but... for humanity than ever be, than, than there ever been. So you're going to be back on every episode from now on. You're basically my unpaid therapist. I'm enjoying. <laughs> This. It's called a motivational um, I want each of you to plug any of your causes that you can for the show. Where can people go to donate for Ukraine or support any of your causes? Where can people go to support any of your... Where can we buy those those flags? Yeah, and I, will, and I, I fully oh, support Oh, you're getting that, sold so one. I'm I, I have like, a bunch of my I'm gonna. Where can we get them? I'm, uh, you can get them from me, yards. Chelsea Abramovich, or you can donate to who? The rock band? You fucking know the rock band? Who? Yeah, the who? Related. Well, ever since they played Women the halftime show options. and it didn't go so well, they're really, they're really slumming I these really days. <laughs> yeah, if you want to donate there, you can do it at donate.who.foundation. Is there somewhere people can go to support uh, Ukraine specifically yes, I will where, share a link. where the dollars actually go to the exactly. people? Exactly. So that's what we talked about. One of my friends whose father is there, 100% of profit goes. So they do not, like, there is no cost of operation. People like this give me that hope in humanity because people do and people care. And if there is a, a bunch of people who don't, who, like, who turn their heads or prefer not to see it, like, they don't bother me. That's, like, again, there's still, like, there's, like... That's the younger generation you who says, fuck them. I, I, I wonder to, if I we're not... just exposed to a little bit more of that yeah. generation. 
Is it? Do you have a name or a website? Yeah. So that uh, um, I, I will um, I will share. We'll a link share with it. You. We'll share a link. Yeah. It's uh, Ihor Koval. Uh, his name is Nesta Koval. Is his daughter, and he is right now still there and still like doing everything he can to support our guys in the military and people who are in in need. Give Ukraine a hand. You can go to supportuanow.org to donate. That's supportuanow.org. The the bad guy was he said he thought that he's going to take this country in two days and he, and this is the second largest military in the world and this is humongous country so it's like it's a puppy fighting against of a bear and the, this is like the american revolution but i know Ukraine. this is like this is like D david and goliath you yeah. know in a real in a real freaking time so that's why and we see that and it is happening so that doesn't and that, that give you hope that doesn't gives that, that gives, is one of the few things that does make me believe that there, there is a whether you want to call it god or something else that there is this this karmic equalizer because good will always prevail it's just mm -hmm. we've seen less of it in our time or maybe we're talking about losing interest. Maybe I'm just so impatient. Where it's like, give me the goddamn, let me binge the series. I don't want this weekly release. <laughs> I want to see how COVID ends. Just show me the finale. Hassan, your final thought on this topic? Don't be marginalized to the point of inactivity and realize that every action and thought you have and take will make an impact, period from your next door neighbor, the grocery store, all those little micro interactions, they add up because they leave you with a good feeling and you will share that with someone. So those, the good things that you have to offer, continue to share them, continue to share them. And uh, my cause would be Providence House. They work with uh, babies who are displaced because the mom is in a tough situation. So a Providence House. Indeed, go to provhouse.org, that's P-R-O-V, house.org. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for being here today, for sharing your experiences. I mean, I feel like this is the only way that we're going to survive is by having conversations like this and giving a damn. Even if you don't agree with somebody wholeheartedly doesn't mean you can't find something to care about. Nobody from any country, uh, race, religion, anything could tell me about these types of things happening in their backyard, and I just wouldn't care. Well, you're so far away, or you're, you're, you know, your color of your skin is different than mine. So give a shit. The, since we're plugging things, I'm going to say the Summit County uh, Humane Society, because a lot of people adopted animals during COVID. And let me tell you, buying dogs is a trendy thing, or buying pets really upsets me, because they're not toys. They are something that you are making a sacrifice for, like living with children. And I know you have two children. I have two children too. They just happen to be dogs. And um, so many people have abandoned animals because their family wasn't really ready for them, or they had to take them back to the shelter. And there's far too many very healthy animals that are euthanized every year. And places like the Humane Society really help with that. So please donate to your local Humane Society. Or if you're local to Northeast Ohio, I am a big proponent of the Summit County Humane Society. So you can donate there. If you're local, you can donate at summithumane.org. Thank you again, everybody, for being here, for sharing your thoughts and your feelings. And even for calling me a little bitch off camera. Um, I can't That's think you never guys. happened. I think we all did that, but... So thank you guys so much. Thank you for caring enough to be here and to have this conversation. And we'll probably have you all back on future us. episodes. So thank you, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Make sure to go to thegoingtherepodcast.com for links to our socials, all the places you can find us on the podcast streams. And now on YouTube, where you have to stare at my ugly mug every week. Or you can just put it in the background. Have a good week. While you're at it, give us a rating, share with a friend, and subscribe. Be sure to check out everything from Evan Cromet at evancromet.com, C-R-O-M-M-E-T-T. This podcast is made possible by its hosts and Frame One Media in association with Lindsey Baker, Joe Cali, and Bobby Thomas.